right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Welcome to Facebook Live. We've already started talking to, hey. yes, the big baller, shot caller. You better follow Baller, her. shot caller. And then also we have to pay how much? What first that? girl ever on the podcast as I a know. guest? It's really? a little crazy. First girl ever. Oh, gosh. Congratulations. So no pressure. First, first woman? First girl? First woman, okay. first girl. Right. There you go. Yeah. You know Hashtag Everyone's like equal. Girl. It's a beautiful thing. We're super excited. Sims, you literally just walked in. Yes. Uh, I'd like to welcome the people of Facebook. Can we get a quick shot of uh, really stressed out producer Josh? Hey, Is that hey, possible? Yeah. And wearing my mint shirt. What do you call this? He looks like an Andy's mint. You remember those yeah, things? Yeah, I remember. Oh, you said this so before. Good. They're very yeah. good. I would eat like 15 and be like, I shouldn't and have eaten any like a steakhouse or whatever, and you yes. like take ten and like throw it in your bag. Yes. Unfortunately, I look like Andy's mints. No, yeah, uh, you're, a pain, you're a pain in the ass and not nearly <laughs> as delicious. So, uh, so Facebook Live, as always, uh, put your comments, questions below. Plus, this is the podcast, right. which is like, oh, I didn't know we were going Facebook um, Live. What is really awesome, Alex, gold medalist, World Cup champ, all 11, all-time U.S. women's national team, super cool. But my first question, is it more likely that Jon Snow marries Daenerys or kills Daenerys? What do you think? Marries. Marries Daenerys. Really? Which is kind of weird because they could be like half, like half sibling. Yeah, like. But that's okay. But that's like how it, how it works in there. So, so weird. It's yeah. Crazy. So it's amazing. Deep in Game of Thrones. So you're what really do you into, think? What do you uh, think? I think that he's going to end up killing her. Oh. I do. What's amazing? Like, why wouldn't she kill him? She does uh, have dragons, but Jon Snow doesn't die ever. Oh, uh, but the here's show a, here's of rape and pillaging so, strikes again. Sims does not like Game of Thrones. He hates Game and of Thrones. And you've tried it out like a full season. No, I have not. Okay, I don't see, even hate it. Dad, I don't hate it. His dad I don't hate it. is on Game of Thrones. <laughs> one one, the giant was named after his dad, Phil Sims, because George R. R. Martin was a huge Giants fan, and one one was his dad's number. His dad is one one, and he doesn't watch one, Game of one Thrones. One one eleven. Uh, did he die though? Yeah, he no. just died. Because I, I heard you guys say that last week. Like, oh, sorry about that. And he doesn't watch. I don't no, get it. That's not right. Well, I, like I said, this started back when we did not even do video. Uh, the first few times I ever turned on uh, Game of Thrones was it was a rape scene or they were killing and pillaging people. That's all there was. It was, a, it was like, what, gee. Here, here in the foreground is a conversation like, in the background. Then, there's somebody getting raped. <laughs> I mean, that's, just, that's Game of Thrones for you. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, well, a certain part, like Dothraki. Yeah, exactly. only, only like Dothraki, but Dude, you have no idea what we're talking about right no, now. No, I don't. So no, but fine. the fact that you're casually dropping Dothraki, I yeah. appreciate that very much. How do you feel right now? <gasps> How do I feel right yeah. now? How do you well, feel? her Cavs won the title. She's getting ready for the Olympics. Yes, yes that's exactly. That's where yeah. I was going. I didn't know about the Cavs thing. I fragged. Oh, I didn't yeah. I did that. some Twitter searching. I found out more about Alex Morgan. Um, what? That I'm a LeBron fan? Yes. Me too. She, yeah. He's the biggest I'm head LeBron of the bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, I, I was torn, though, because, like, Steph Curry, like, I went to college at Cal, so, yeah. like, I was so torn, but I had to go with LeBron, and no, right. they pulled through. I feel like a lot of athletes really appreciate LeBron because with, with athletes, you're always dealing with pressure or perspective or people's paradigm that you should be doing something. And then so when LeBron goes in there and puts all of that on his back, I think every athlete's like, man, what yes. he went through is incredible. incredible. It is incredible. You have to respect it. Uh, what you're going to go through is going to be amazing uh, going to the, to the Olympics. Yeah. I'm curious. 
You guys, when you guys won the World Cup, I mean, that's all anyone talked about. It was incredible. So many guys on the on the basketball team, wherever they go, they're stars. Michael Phelps is like the biggest one ever. I'm curious, when all of USA travels together, who's the the, the one person or team or athlete that you look at each other and go, wow, that's that person? Do you think it's you guys? Who do you think? Who's the biggest one? I don't know. When, when we were in uh, London last Olympics, I feel like I went to the, the men's basketball semifinal and the final sure. and watched them win gold. And I feel like that was like the cool, like I, right. I really wanted to go see them win sure. gold. So right. like for me, it was men's basketball. Like I met Pau Gasol and I was a big Lakers fan growing up. That's so I was so like, cool. oh, this is awesome, you know, so. Uh, yeah, I guess the basketball team And they was, stick out. I mean, they're so freaking tall. Like, literally, I like, was hugging his butt. I was like, this yeah. is kind of awkward, but <laughs> I'm doing it. It's a, it's shocking. People don't realize how tall NBA players are until you get around. Even the guys that come in the yeah, office. Yeah, because they're all like, so tall, like, right. on the court, that you're like, oh, Steph Curry's like a one midget. I'm the short one like, right. yeah. Right. And Steph Curry's like as tall as you he's are. He's as tall as me, exactly Which right. you're like, he's so short, and then... Yeah. You realize, wow. That this actually everybody. leads into like a Sims and Lefko podcast topic that we always do all the time is like the size and makeup and build of athletes. When you really see them, it's like incredible. Like I went and just was on the road with Devontae Freeman running back with the Falcons. Right. And he's like 5'9", but his neck is like the size of my torso. <laughs> right. And I go, you're physically built different. And I was curious. I think you're going to like this question. <laughs> when you see the athletes from other countries, do you see like a similar build or like a different build from each country and kind of go, wow, like it's just, it's interesting how human Which beings are put together. Which one impresses you? Yeah. What group of teams? I do like that question. Right. I was going to ask that. Thanks I mean, for obviously that. they're Russian athletes because they're, it's not natural how they're, I'm well, they're no, but no, they're <laughs> obviously <laughs> cheating. You're right. No, they are cheating flat out. Well, that's so, like, you know, the hell the worst thing, Russia when that, that happens, you, it's hard to ever have credibility again because you look and you go, I wonder. Even if they're not, you yeah. just gotta go. I wonder. Right. No, but I think like footballers in general, like um, soccer players in general, like yeah, like outside of the U.S., I feel like all of the best athletes play football, like outside right. of the U.S. So like these guys, like in um, the English Premier League and everything, they're like tall guys, like huge, like yeah. guys, yeah. like um, who do you have? You have uh, Gareth Bale, or you know, A monster. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and they're like. The, the, these players like wouldn't be playing soccer in Look the like US. You play like they would football. Yeah, they would right. play like other sports, but you yeah. have these guys like these center backs who are six six or whatever it might be. And so it's interesting to see the difference between Who's the most But the heck with the guys? I want to know the girls. Yeah, that's what yeah, I, meant. I like, want to know the girls. Like what like did, did the German, German girls stick out? Ger- yeah, they stick German out? players are all pretty pretty, pretty tall, well pretty straight. How yeah, how would you guys strong. say the US ranks just in terms of physicality in the world? Pretty up there. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'd say like Germany, England. Um, us. What's what's Brazil look like in person when you see them? Are they kind of just a smaller, speed oriented yeah, type of team? Yeah, they're smaller. Right. Yeah, they're uh, well, skinnier. Yeah. Just one more thing while we're on the uh, talk of like training. I mean, of course you're in phenomenal shape, but like, what do you do? You lift weights? Yeah. You, like, what kind of lift weights? Like, you do power cleans and squats yeah, and that kind totally. of stuff. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah, those are kind of like the only, like, kind of. Olympic bar weight lifts, type set lifts do. we do. Right. Yeah, for the other stuff, it's mostly like body weight, or we'll use like bands, like band work. Sure. Um, we'll do some like dumbbell stuff or kettlebell stuff, but yeah, cleans and like squats are like the only like the heavy lifting that we athletic. do. Athletic. 
weightlifting. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. What, what's amazing also is I, I don't. I hope people realize, and I think they do, just by the support you guys got with the World Cup, women's soccer in America. The fact that there's been five uh, like Olympics that have had it, and you guys have won four of them, <laughs> just is is incredible. Yeah. And w- I'm curious, what is it like to be a part of a history like that? And and what what do you think about that when you're getting ready for the Olympics? Yeah, it's incredible. I I think. It, What's different is, like, our mindset for Olympics. For a lot of other countries, they're like, oh, the World Cup is, like, the top and nothing can ever compete Mm. with it. But for us, like, I grew up watching the Olympics more than the World Cup, I guess. So for me, it's like the Olympics means, like, just as much. Like, maybe maybe it's not, like, the top of, like, the World Cup because obviously that's just based on soccer and that brings, like, a nation – the whole world together together, for one sport, which is pretty incredible. But I grew up watching Olympics, and I feel like our mindset is the same going into a World Cup and Olympics, and I feel like that's not necessarily the same for other soccer teams. Mm, I would also say, like, as an athlete, we always talk about daily focus, every day getting better. If you're you're getting ramped up for the World Cup and it's a drop-off for the Olympics, I I feel like that's a non-athlete mentality. I feel like athletes are like, I'm going to treat everything. Uh, Who is your biggest competition uh, for this Olympics that we can start rooting against? I think, honestly, like Brazil because for the first time they kind of started like a residency program and the federation has never really paid as much attention to the women's team as the men's team so now having a residency program some of those girls have been training together like for a year which has like never happened before for for Brazil so I think that's going to be huge for them and help elevate their game and obviously France is in our group and France is like just keeps climbing the ladder and they have just missed the top three teams uh, missed like the first, second, and third place in the last three tournaments. Gotcha. They've gotten fourth place like right. every tournament. So it's like, when are they going to break into this the could top be the three? Year yeah. Type of, yeah. I, to me, I think the Olympics is fascinating because I think of all these incredible athletes all in one spot. And I always say he's weird because he played in the NFL. I think athletes, naturally, their brains work differently. And I'm curious, I know you're working with always and you're working with young women. Yeah. What age did you realize every day I wake up, I'm going to put everything into this? Every day I wake up, I'm going to be like, when did you realize that you wanted to be great? I think like I realized I was just different when I was like 14 or 15 years old and like high school was starting and there was so much more opportunities for like social settings and like going out and doing yes. things and I was like no I gotta go to bed early because I have a game in the morning right. like it's like those sacrifices that you make that like most high schoolers would Don't never make I hear you. you know did you realize it was different that you were doing that it was just like a way of life it wasn't like you know oh I'm gonna Friday sacrifice night. for this it was like no I'm not doing that because I have a game in the morning like exactly what like why right. would I do that it was right. just a way of thinking mm. I don't know there wasn't another option like it was like this is how I'm doing it it's not like I could choose A or B. It's like this is No, I've chosen to be great at soccer. I have a chance to be great at that. I can wait to go out and drink on a Friday night and drink three beers in a few years from now when it's time. But uh, Yeah, and I I think think that's a different way of thinking, but it's not like you don't give yourself like – an option like two options it's like this is the way i'm doing it yeah Yeah, Uh, please the reason we're getting to talk to you is because of always and what you're doing with young girls and and trying to keep sports and athleticism in their lives Mm -hmm. and i'd love to hear more about what you're working on yeah playing i I feel like playing team sports is just so huge growing up i mean i i did like try tennis or whatever but like for me team sports is where i learned so much and especially confidence. Confidence was kind of like the base of all of it, and that's what helped me continue to want to be successful and want to play pro soccer and feel like I was going to be on the national team when I was 12 years old. Like, who thinks that? Well, I did, you know? And so (laughs) I feel like 
playing team sports just like teaches you things that you can't learn otherwise. And it helps teach you things that you're going to apply like in like day to day life. So for me, like teaming up with always like a girl campaign, it was it was authentic for me. It felt like natural for me to speak about. And um, I just want to like empower girls to keep playing sports and feel confident doing so. I wish my little girl would listen. I have a 10 year old, (laughs) a little girl, and, and she doesn't play sports and she could be a phenomenal athlete. Uh, all she wants she's to do is ride horses, and yeah, she's tall. She's one of the fast. She's the tallest in her class. She's one of the fastest in her class, but she could care less, and yeah. it, it hurts me because of like what you said. People, I think, lose sight of that. All the great life lessons team sports teach you, right? Discipline, how to be humble, how to work with other people from different environments. I mean. There's a restaurant next to my apartment, and there's two bartenders, and I've talked to them, and they play basketball. And we were talking about how when you play sports with someone, your opinion of them completely changes because you see their real personality Mm -hmm. when you're out there. Are you reliable? Are you you egotistical? Do you shoot every shot? Do you pass a lot? There's not really time to think. So, like, NC comes out, and it's, yeah, it really shows. Um, I just want to ask your question. I have a really serious question. Yeah, okay, cool. This is super serious. What was your feeling, you know, with the whole – you know, the men's soccer team being paid more money than, of course, the women. Whether I think it was the World Cup when it came to that, right? Am I yeah. wrong there? Yeah. But, I mean, that would piss me. It actually pisses me off now, I mean, let alone then. But it, how, do, how does that make you feel as a woman who's, of course, establishing her yeah. career in sports? I think it's tough to swallow, and I think that's why we, like, put up this complaint um, for equal pay, just because we saw those numbers and we were like, this is not right. But yeah. at the same time, like, I don't want to – I don't want to put down like the men and yeah, their success yeah. because like they fought hard for the compensation they get and right. so you know kudos to them and now it's our turn to fight as well and I feel like we should fight together to 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 like continue pushing on the growth of soccer and and the payment. I mean, I'm just looking for for us to continue taking responsibility and telling other people that they need to take responsibility too. They need to do what's right and that's stepping up and and paying us whether that's equal or fair you know i'm i'm looking to get what's equitable for yeah. for the for women's uh, soccer and i think it will help in sports in general like i'm looking at women like robin wright i don't know if you watch house of cards oh but, my gosh sean penn's yeah. old wife you mean though no well robin wright was in in forrest gump she was Jenna, sean penn's old wife i guess so but then right. she's also claire underwood yeah. in house of cards, Love uh, house of cards. but she's <laughs> yeah this is awesome she's someone uh, who like spoke up and was like did. you know i could have taken less but i said no i'm gonna walk away if if you don't pay me what i feel Kevin's like is deserving is, yeah. yeah and so they did they they coughed it up and she was like let's be real. now claire i know underwood was just as important as frank underwood last season oh, like yeah. t- if not more totally agree. yeah totally. so <laughs> so you know <laughs> i mean that's just one example of like women i agree stepping up and being like this is what's right yeah and people being like you're right i think what's really interesting is i talk a lot about new normals where 20 years ago it was like us like this is this is really cigarettes are okay and i was like no it's not and i think uh, unequal pay for women is something that i think people didn't think about and it was happening and they just never paid attention to it and now it's becoming a topic that we're seeing brought up at award shows we're seeing actresses bring it up we're seeing athletes yeah, what's talk her name about brought it. Up, the actress uh, she did the one that won, Kate, uh yeah i know i'm trying to kentucky from from right uh but i think it has to happen because yeah. it's only right it only makes sense and look what you guys did for the country after you guys won look at, at, at your team and how big they they deserve equal pay.
One more time, the Always campaign. Please let people know what they can do, how they can be a part of it, and 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 once again, kind of tell everyone. Yeah, what they you to guys do. can be a part of it by um, doing hashtag Like a Girl and kind of pledging um, how how you can how you can help boost confidence of girls and keep girls playing sports. Keeping confidence, building confidence. Yeah. Awesome. Hashtag like a girl. Hashtag like a girl. Like a boss. Awesome. Alex, thank <laughs> you it. so much. Thank you guys so uh, much for Thank you guys. Uh, have a great day with media. We're just going to have you walk off and we're going to keep talking. Hey, just cool. uh, it's all downhill from here on out. I mean, we're kind of the coolest know, right? and then everybody else is going to be like, what? This was fun. So what about the Zika virus? That's what you're going to get ready. Pretty much. Okay. What I is your answer, answer for the Zika virus? Once I step on soil in Rio, uh, my focus is on winning the gold medal. Yeah, great. That's right. Go whoop some butt. Whoop some yeah. ass. Yeah. All right, guys. Nice great to see you, too. Thank bye you bye. so much. Bye. Great to Have meet you, one. Alex. See you guys. Good luck with everything. Kick some butt. When you leave for there? July 27th. July 27th. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Got Depending it? Like I don't. Struggling to yeah, do this. Yeah, all right. This is fun. We'll put yes. this on the podcast for cool. sure. Yep. <laughs> See you, you later. Be good. Um, she was awesome. She was awesome. She was really, really cool. Right. Um, I want to say quickly, this is episode 69 of the podcast. Episode 69, Jared Allen, baby. Jared Allen. My other one is John Runyon, right. who is always right. uh, episode 69. He, I actually had a legendary call when I was uh, in high school. Yeah. I would call WIP in Philadelphia and I would call. I would only get on at like two thirty in the morning. And I would pretend I was twenty one. And I called him one time. He was talking, and it was going great. And I was like, "Can we talk about John Runyon's arm hair?" And it was like click, and they like cut me off. It is disgusting. It is disgusting. His, his, but his. John Runyon episode sixty nine was the best. I also want to give a shout out to your boy Corey Redding. Officially announces his retirement. C Red. You play with him at Texas. Yeah. Like Thirteen year NFL career. Thirteen years. And he was still killing it last year. He, so shout out to Corey. Corey Redding is. A, and just a quick note on him. I I mean, first of all, we both came to Texas together. He was the number one defensive player in the country. I was the number one offensive player Man. in the country. Yeah, so we were, it was great. Corey Redding, uh, uh, he was the number one linebacker in all of high school what? football. Right. And that like was a D tackle. D now, if you saw his mom, uh, his brothers, yeah. the rest of the family, bigness was in him. But he got into school probably about 255. I would say within the next year, he was 275 playing defense at end. Man. And by the time we left school, he was 300 pounds. They're just pure grown man. C Red, ultimate pro, awesome career, workhorse, tough mother effort. I just realized that I didn't sweat. No, you were sweating. You're sweating. I was going to call yeah. it. I was, I was gonna, not sweating. No, no, a lot. you had a true glisten going through your head. So you'll call me out in front of you. I was going to call. Sweat. I also wanted to call her out and that she had a big stain on the back of her pants, but I didn't say that. I'm glad so. you did it. Um, <laughs> big coffee stain or something right there. Yo, George, s- can you iris up, bro? The people at Facebook Live are asking. Damn, George. Jeez, George. Holy cow, I mean, George. I'm really blending into right the now. background, George. George, show everyone your fingers on Facebook Live. Hurry up. Three, two, a. Hey, awesome. Hey, there's Learn George. How to iris up. Uh, I, wait, I need to talk about Buddy Ryan. Yeah. Um, I know. We tried to get uh, my father on here, but he had some other. It's okay. Because he's I got did some a, good Buddy Ryan stories. I know he does. Yeah. Um, Buddy Ryan. I had the amazing opportunity from my friend Tiffany, uh, who, Buddy was pretty much her grandfather. Um, and I found out kind of before the news broke, and it's, I just, you know, it's a friend telling you. She had an opportunity three years ago to actually let me hang out with Buddy for a full day. Cool. And I knew Buddy was sick, and he was living in, in Shelbyville, Kentucky, I yeah. think. And I got to ask him 
I don't know, 200 questions, and he didn't get annoyed with me, which was incredible. Right. And he was such a nice guy, and he was so kind to me. And we talked about the Eagles, and we talked about Chris Carter, and we talked about the punch on Kevin Gilbride. And I said, I can't believe you did that. And he looked at me, and, you know, he was, you know, he was sick and yeah, all that. Getting so he was old, slow. Right? Right. And he said, I would have punched, I would have connected, too, if I didn't step on my stupid cord from his, like, headset. <laughs> he did. He's just, he was always fiery, always said what was on his mind. Yes. Um, I was curious what, what your opinions were of Buddy, just what you had heard from your dad. Yes. And then also what the mark he left, because I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, and it stinks that it's probably going to happen post his, his passing. Right. But I was curious what you thought. Yeah, of phenomenal coach, uh, great personality. I mean, he was almost like a more R-rated version of Rex, his son, right? Uh, a little sure. more direct, too. Wasn't afraid to, like, say it about someone, another coach or yeah. whatever it may be. Like, when Jimmy Johnson called him a, a fat ass, right? Yeah. He was like, oh, I resent that. I've been working out. Or, yeah. you know, he always had a great comeback. He was amazing like that. Certainly an innovator uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the 46 defense, that was uh, his invention. Yes, I'm going to uh, go into Nobody that in, in football was doing it at the time. And now, of course, uh, nobody runs that consistently this day and age, but – Every team still has what they call the Bear defense. That's yes. almost every team and has that. Comes from the four six, and it's the forty six defense. It's called Where the Bears. They line up on the defensive right line. because of the Bears, right. right? And it means yes, there's going to be. It's basically five on five as far as the offensive line, defensive linemen. But uh, it was cutting edge, no doubt about it. Now I will say this just to one of your other Please. points. I don't know if he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I would say that. Okay. Uh, respectfully, he's a legend, an NFL legend, without a doubt. Not sure he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I did look that up a little bit. Not a lot of coordinators. Hall I of know. Fame has been strictly would have pretty to be much like for great head coaches. Something like that. Well, here's the reason why. I want to give some background, more background of who Buddy was and also why I do think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Cool. And a lot of the information I'm getting from a guy that we're going to have on the podcast soon, uh, it's Rich Cohen's book. It's called Monsters, the 1985 Chicago Bears and the Wild Heart of Football. It's an amazing book that goes beyond the 85 team, explains like how football even started with George Hallis and all right, that, right. which is crazy when you think it's like steel mill games, like these random teams. and like just Jim calling Ford. them up and like, yeah, hey, like, get hey, some guys. I'm going to start a here. franchise for $10,000, right. and now it's worth like billions upon billions of dollars. Right. Um, but in it, it explains that, I mean, Buddy went and joined the National Guard, and then they were like, hey, National Guard, we're getting into the Korean War. And he's yes. like, what? Right. Goes and fights in the Korean War, becomes a master sergeant in the Korean War, so he's leading men, and he led football teams the same way that he led troops in the Korean War, and that's why he has this super honest take on him. A lot of similarities Think there. of the teams that he coached. Right. He coached the D-line for the New York Jets in Super Bowl Jets, Super III. III, right. And that's where his identity was formed. Right. So he heard Weeb Eubank, the coach, talking about the whole weeks leading up to this thing, we need to protect Joe Namath. Everything comes down to Joe Namath. If they bring seven, we have seven. If they bring eight, we have eight. And that's where he realized if they bring seven, I'm bringing eight. Right. If they, bring, if they protect with eight, I'm bringing nine. So right. that's where his philosophy of kill the quarterback started, attack the quarterback. Yes. He then goes from the Jets to the Minnesota Vikings in 74 and builds the purple people eaters. Right. So he's a part of the greatest Super Bowl win ever. Then he builds the people, purple people eaters. And Which, other he, than the Steelers, would probably be considered the best defense of the 70s. I ever. Mean, other than the Steel Curtain. What they right. had there was incredible. Right. Then, 76, he goes to Chicago 
and he's the only coach from that team that's kept on with the Mike Ditka teams. And the 46 was not started with the 85. It was actually started a little bit earlier. And the reason it's called the 46 defense is because their team was not talented. Right. And what he did was he would just go to the board and go, how am I going to get to the quarterback? And he took safety Doug Plank, who wore number 46, and he made him the middle linebacker. And what Buddy would do is whoever was at the center of the defense, that's what he would call the defense. So it became the 46 defense because of this guy, Doug Plank. Right. Um, And – What's interesting is we, we, always, we always talk about how Rex's players love Rex and Rob players love Rob. And he would build, he would break people down and then build them back up. Right. And it was an honor if he called you by your number. So if you were for, he would call you a lot of other names that we can't say on Facebook Live and all right. that. But if he called you by your number, it was the ultimate You're respect. You're a player now. And he said, and the players mm. said, they all say, when did you guys fall in love with Buddy? Because that's the story when you see Dick getting carried off and, and Buddy getting carried off. They yes. loved Buddy. Right. 1978. He comes in after they get blown out in a game. Right. And he and this is all in this book, which I highly recommend. It's super super cool. He comes in smoking a pipe. And he, go, he says to them, if there's one thing that I have a hard time with as a coach, it's turning on film and seeing players playing below their ability. And he's crying. And every single player, including Doug Plank, who was 46, said, after we saw that, whatever he asked us to do, no question, we would die for this guy. To the point where um, before the Super Bowl, he had pretty much taken the head coaching job with the Eagles before yes. this famed, most dominant Super Bowl ever in 85. Right, right. And, and there was all these rumblings that's going to happen. And he goes into the locker room, and he, he's choking up, and he doesn't know what to say, and he just looks at him and he says, no matter what happens after tomorrow, you guys are my heroes. And he starts breaking down and walks out. And the 85 Bears, the baddest bunch of dudes that have ever lived, all start crying. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And, and it took one of them um, to kind of go, what, what are we doing? Like, and he threw like a chair. And apparently like he threw a chair and it got stuck into a whiteboard. <laughs> and it was like this image where it was like, oh. Right. And they went so hard where the Bears, I think, had maybe one possession. It, the, the Patriots had one possession in the Bears' side of the field. Right. And it resulted in a field 10. goal. For, and it was just – it was the most dominating performance ever yes. for this guy that – Went on to Philadelphia as a Philadelphia legend because he went in and said, the one thing we're going to do is beat the Cowboys. And it, it just, he knew what Philadelphia was all about. Sure. He didn't care. He called out Jimmy Johnson. Right. Body bag game. I just think, I've always said guys that belong in the Hall of Fame are guys that it's hard to tell the story of the NFL without I agree him. That. Yep. And when I think of the, the Super Bowl three Jets, the Purple People Eaters, the 85 defense, yeah. Robin Rex, right. what he did in Philadelphia, uh, like I, I, I think that Buddy Ryan needs to be in the Hall of Fame, whether it's as a contributor or whatever. I know he didn't win that much as a head coach, but I think you can't tell the story of the NFL without Buddy Ryan. Certainly, he's certainly in the conversation. I totally respect yeah. that. I already gave my view on it. Regardless, I always was jealous and enamored with the relationships defensive guys had with their defensive coordinators and if they were successful. Yeah. Like, I got to see it in Tampa with Warren Sapp and John Lynch and Derek Brooks. I mean, they would have run through a wall for Monty Kiffin or Rod Marinelli, who's the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, which I saw some Cowboy players at an event for Jason Garrett a few weeks ago. what did they say? Oh, we love Rod Marinelli. He's the best. 
Oh, you know Rod? You were with Rod Marinelli? Oh, man. Very so, similar. Former military exactly guy. Exactly right. I mean, I think that's one thing that's very similar throughout the NFL. A lot of, uh, and we've talked about it, you know, uh, Bill Belichick having Navy ties, Tom Coughlin having Army ties. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of carryover there as far as drill sergeant, knowing how to relate to people, having to build a team and, and make it all work together. One but, story. Uh, he, is the, he is the man uh, as far as tough oh, defenses. One thing, uh, this is a quote from Jeff Fisher when he was a linebacker. I'm going to have to doctor it up a little yeah. bit but he said when you were watching film buddy ryan had his own grading system and it wouldn't work today right and it said if he said nothing about you it meant you did your job right which is the the best compliment you can get watching right. film he, there were three ways to describe you you were, you were either horse s you're a dumbass or you're an a-hole right horse s means you missed a tackle Dumb means you made a mental Nothing error and let up a big play. Right. And if you were the last one, it means you were probably being cut. What was the last the next one? Week. An A. A, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think he was a good man that I think had an interesting relationship with the media. I think that a lot of other coaches weren't the biggest fans of him. He had some outbursts, and I think that's it. It's really been interesting to see the dichotomy of how people remember him, right. but I think he was one of the best. He, he, he certainly was, and he did leave a lasting imprint yes. on the league. There's no doubt. And it's funny, Jeff Fisher, I would say, because uh, we, we talked a little bit of this yesterday when we were doing a little Facebook Live, and then they asked, uh, Nelson asked me, what coaches remind me of, of Rex, or, uh, uh, Buddy Ryan now? And, of course, I said Rex. Yeah. I said Pete Carroll has some similarities because well, he's Leslie all Frazier energy. Leslie was on that defense right. and Jeff Fisher. Uh, but Jeff Fisher is certainly probably the guy I should have said yesterday that's the closest to him. I mean, Man. Jeff is, it's all about energy. It's all about, hey, defense, we're renegades. There's yeah. a line. Tote that line. Yeah, Man, exactly. there's the edge. Pretty cool. Uh, uh, so another thing that was cool is I was just I got back from Atlanta yesterday. Yeah. I went apartment hunting with Devontae Freeman. Right. Dude, what a cool kid. Seems Atlanta like Falcons it. running back. He's twenty four years old. Right. Was more fun with Josh or Freeman? Uh, different guys. Josh Norman is twenty eight. Josh Norman knows where he is in the league. He understands the business of the league and he is super focused, uh, very professional. Right. Devontae, I still feel like I'm so much older than him. Yeah, sure. Like I'm thirty years old and Devontae Freeman feels like my son. Oh no, the um, world is being thrown at Devontae Freeman. He's, he's like getting he's an never apartment seen. downtown right. so that he can have a place after the games where maybe if he wants to have like you know the me the Migos over or maybe yeah. future like he would like to party. Yeah, and you I get the guys down there, that. then he'll be able to walk to all the bars and things. I like that drive. he's still surrounded by his day ones that he'd known from Miami, right. so the circles tight. Right, uh, super focused on the game. Uh, uh, he he says he'll go bowling with Julio and Matt Ryan, and right. he's like they're the most competitive people like ever. Right. Loves Kyle Shanahan, and when I, and before I could even say anything, he goes, "We're about to do some serious stuff this year." Yeah, I said, "Really?" He goes, "Dude, everything right now is just clicking. Like right. the, uh, everyone knows the offense really well." He's like, "We got some offensive linemen that are in. We got weapons. Like Julio's feeling good. Like Tevin knows what's going on. Tevin Coleman. They for got a backs. lot of things to be excited about." Defense is going in the, the right defense, direction, right? Yes. Uh, one thing I'll say, just to that point, but it's it's funny you brought this up. If I've had one conversation or conversations that stood out from some of the friends I've talked to from all different types of teams. Yeah. Now this is the time of year you always feel this way, but I think it's more than ever. I mean, I'm not saying I've talked to all 32 teams, but I've maybe have talked to anywhere from 10 yes. to 18 of them. Everybody's team looks amazing right now. Okay. And a little bit is because there were some teams that did drastic things at free agency, but the draft was so deep this year. 
So everybody's that, going, man, we filled our holes. We look good. We look good. Everybody I talked to was like, yeah, you know, we look it pretty was good. good we look pretty good in the train and mini How many teams would you say are just like, ah, eh, not going to be our year, but well, we'll get them next year? I'm, I'm sure there's a few teams uh, as a whole like that can realistically go, man, could, are we a uh, true legitimate Super Bowl could contender? Could you say that the teams right now that can be honest? Five, six. Yeah. But do, you, ahead, do you think the teams right now that can truly look at their teams and be accountable and honest and go, uh, I don't know, that those are the ones that will be the most successful yeah. and that the other ones kind of feed into the hype the it's, most? It's in their mind, but NFL players, coaches always go, you know, there's a hope. Hey, if we can continue to work yeah. hard, build each day upon each other, maybe we can reach something that we want that we can't really envision right now, yes. right? So even the teams like, listen, uh, let's uh, who's a team we could throw out there in, in that conversation you know the eagles are not winning the super bowl i'll take my no, team no i was even say like yeah, i was i was about to the go browns? even like the san diego chargers the cleveland browns even yes yeah. exactly right like no they're, they're trying to grow they're trying to grow they're going to try to be better each week and keep fighting that's yes. what hugh jackson will uh, say to them throughout the of year of your 18 teams that you said you talked to how many do you think think they're super bowl contenders oh I remember last season, how many videos did we do where it was the eight teams that have a chance to win yeah. the Super Bowl? And that was when the season started. We thought there I were eight. I feel really confident that usually after week six, we could figure out who's the most realistic chance. Yes. I think, I think there's a lot. Like the NFC East, for instance, right off the bat there. I haven't talked to anybody from the Eagles, so I wouldn't know how they feel about their team. Just so, But the other three teams I have talked to, they all think they're Super Bowl contenders. The Cowboys, the Giants, the Redskins, they think they look pretty good. Right? So, I know. Uh, it's pretty crazy to, to say this, but I don't know about your team. Uh, AFC East, I mean. Dude, Washington is not You can just go through the, the league re- real quick, right. But yet they won the NFC East last year. What and does that a, matter? I, I, I understand. It's so like you go through it. AFC East. Tony Romo wasn't playing and the Giants stunk and the Eagles stunk. I know. But you know what? They, they don't care. They beat the teams that were in front of them. Yeah. Uh, all Lend through. Of course, bro. New England does. Uh, I think the AFC East is in that weird mode. The Steelers of, definitely think they can. Definitely. The Broncos definitely think they the can. The Bengals they think they it. can as well, yes. even though they can't win a freaking the playoff game. The definitely think they can. Yes. The Packers. Arizona. I bet you the Vikings do. Yeah. Yes, the Vikings think this is their year as well. Right. Yeah. They would be one of those teams. Oh, we look pretty good. Right. I bet exactly you, uh, right. Well, the Jets don't know who their quarterback is no um I, we're gonna get to to andrew luck because i want i know that you did a video on but i want to talk about that too quickly two more things about Devonte freeman yeah his two nicknames right uh some girl in high school called him v8 splash and that stayed around and the other one is tay head and it's short for tate head which is short for tater tot head because dude has a tater tot head like, <laughs> like his head is just enormous is it really yeah he's got a big like we always talk about like the the build of athletes right his neck and his head i'm not worried about him having they're neck sledgehammers injuries right because he's going up right it's just i it's looked at it and i just wanted to be like dude Right, human beings, and then are how right. dense is he too? Right, I mean, it's, it's I'll people, show you a picture. I was at an event. Uh, he with, made me look lean. Right, they what just about him versus like, Melvin Gordon. Ooh. Melvin Gordon is Melvin's just an athlete I've never and, seen. Okay. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's a monster. Melvin's a pretty special looking specimen. He really is. Uh, all right, hold on. Let's. I want to talk about. Uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah, okay. Uh, I wasn't shocked by the numbers. No, me neither. I was. I, I honestly thought there was one time where we had a conversation where it's is Andrew Luck going to be a two hundred million dollar man? Right. One hundred forty million, eighty-seven million guaranteed. Yeah, for anyone. Amazing. To it's an amazing number. It's awesome to see us breaking down these barriers in football, uh, and it's awesome that 
you know, we're, I think we're starting to see this a little more in football. We're paying players for what they're going to do yes. instead of what they've done five years ago. The thing about the Andrew Luck contract, it makes it very interesting for a guy like Cam Newton, who when you look at Andrew Luck and what he's accomplished compared to what Cam's accomplished right. in the similar age, right. Andrew Luck has not done anything compared to Cam Newton. He's had a lot of success. Yeah. He's gone to the playoffs. But what Cam did with an MVP yes. and taking to the Super Bowl and – it's also like I, like I look at the one contract that I think is the biggest question mark now is Russell Wilson because what he did accomplish compared to Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck last year did not have a good year. Yeah. And if you're getting played for potential, but if you have potential plus accomplishment, Cam Newton could be getting some insanity You, you certainly could. But, you know, you can't underestimate, like, it's a, you're bringing up a lot of good points there. I mean, Andrew Luck, first of all, I mean, three years of going 11-5, and five, got to the wild card round, next year got to the divisional round, yes. year after that gets to the championship game, loses to the uh, New England. Even last year, you know, yeah, it was bad for Andrew Luck. It was 15 and 12, right? Yes. And he was just getting hot, and then he kind of got yeah, hurt. So yeah. uh, I think you've got to look at it as a whole. He certainly has to adjust the way he plays football a little bit. I yeah. mean, you've heard all those comments. Yeah. He can't take that pounding. And, I mean, as a whole, Russell Wilson and Cam Newton have had better teams than Andrew Very Luck. Very true. He's never had an offensive line. He's never had a run game. And, and his defense has three, been middle of the road. Out of those three, I would go – of quarterbacks that I'd want, I would go Cam, Luck, Wilson. I would probably go Cam, Wilson, Luck right now. I think if you gave me my top five quarterbacks right now, I would go Rodgers, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, and I'd probably go Andrew Luck number five. For guys that you'd want for Right your now, right. And then I think they're the five I think they're the five best quarterbacks in football. I know Tom Brady's awesome and he's the greatest of all time, but Tom Brady's 39 years old. He's not what he was yes. 10 years ago. Yes. Let's give up these pipe dreams. It drives no, I me crazy. Uh, I just had this conversation with Boomer on Boomer and Carton. He thinks Tom Brady's the best quarterback in football, and I'm like, Boomer, you're you're crazy. I mean, then Kobe Bryant's the best player in basketball. I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, the is last that time actually Kobe a fair? Is that 60. actually a fair comparison to well, make though, Brady to Kobe? Because well, Kobe is. I understand, but we're taking the t- we're, we're we're encompassing the team. I would say of the Brady player. and Dwayne Wade is like if you ask Tom Brady to go do and be a part of the the Seattle offense, which is what Russell Wilson dropped back and just create stuff for us and run around and throw rifles around the field. Tom Brady would be like. I'm not capable of doing that. So we better find some new offensive plays to take yes. advantage of what I can do. Yes. Uh, people forget that. It, it, yeah, no, maybe it's not as a great as a comparison. I understand. But Tom Brady, the Tom Brady, Joe Montana comparison is the perfect comparison. And it's going to be his issue for his for his post career when it comes to this. Who's the best quarterback of all time? The system and the situation and the coaching right. staff has to be factored into his it greatness. Is. And there's no he is arguing. undoubtedly a top five guy. Right. And none of this is in. It doesn't mean he's top five at 38 years old, though. That's what I don't understand. That's where I just I, – it, it drives me I crazy. I would say this. He's the best person to run that offense. I, I Exactly. And, and I would say that he's ten times better than if – like Russell Wilson can't do Tom Brady's offense better than him, and Tom Brady sure, sure as heck can't do Russell Wilson's offense. I know, but Wilson's also offense. Tom Brady got taught to be able to run that offense, right? You know, early in his career, he was being asked to be more of the Russell Wilson camp. Hey, we're going to run the ball. Yeah. And, hey, I need you to throw a 40-yard laser and do those yes. type of things. And then he was afforded the great coaching, yeah. and of course he's a good worker and learns from there. Yeah. Uh, but it, that, that drives me crazy. Cam just had it from the control room that Cam signed his extension last offseason, so yeah. he's not oh, getting yeah. it done yeah. anytime Cam soon. Cam got no, it was sixty-seven or Sorry, somewhere in there. Stupid. But either way, 
but then I also think about, you know, does quarterback contracts impact a Von Miller deal at all or no? I, I, quarterback contracts, uh, of course, I think all of them get a little overpaid. Like, we've had this talk. Yeah. I mean, to say Andrew Luck's worth like five Just camp chancellors. And but and also, the good thing about these big quarterback uh, contracts. Andrew Luck's worth like 25 camp chancellors. It does the raise the level. Uh, of expected money out of star players saw, and the amount of money that's put into the NFL PA pool of yes, cash, right? I saw uh, uh, like a tweet that was like, uh, I think it was from Rand Getlin. He was like retweeting someone else that said, Jason Worth is getting $126 million guaranteed and Andrew Luck is getting $87 million guaranteed. And I go, one, the Major League Baseball has been around for, I don't know, like 100 years yeah. more than the NFL. Right. And they play like 145 more games in the NFL. Yes. And I think you know, it's just natural law of prog- progression. As more contracts get signed, as more players get picked up, yeah. as the league exists longer, it will eventually get there. And there's there. 53 players on an NFL roster, and there's, what, 25 on a base- Major League Baseball? So it, the numbers are always going to be a little less. And, of course, the guaranteed, again, like we said, I know this is a, what, what's his total number, $140 million? Correct. It's a three-year, $87 million contract. That's what everybody's got to start learning to talk. we got to start doing this, stopping this NFL propaganda. Interesting is... Where he's at in the prime of his career, he is a guy that might see every penny. I doubt it because if you look Drew at Drew Brees saw every penny. He did. He's going to be another one. Which it's, is it's a very short list. Tony right? Romo was a kind of guy, too. That's the thing with these deals. Tony Romo, Drew Brees, and Joe Flacco are guys that, man, did they luck out. Because the contracts were so big that the team kept restructuring. And, they keep and in a restructuring, signing they take these deals where the $140 million, they go, we're just going to give it to you as a signing bonus right. for this year and give it to you all guaranteed. Right. I mean, Joe Flacco has gotten so many $20 million checks where it's like, just take this for our salary cap. Ben Roethlisberger's done it. Brett Favre was doing it there at the end. Hey, can you restructure so we can sign this free agent? I mean, restructure might be the greatest sound that an agent could ever hear. For a quarterback, uh, it is phenomenal. You're right. Uh, what else are you hearing right now from people around the league that you find uh, interesting? Let me think about that. I haven't had a chance to talk to you at all. I know. All. I feel like I don't even know you any longer. Uh, you know, nothing that I think is anything groundbreaking altogether. I don't know if I have any true news out there. Um, you know, right lately it's just conversations of, hey, how you doing? They're getting ready for training camp. Yeah. Like I said, they have a feel for their team to a degree. Yeah. But I got we, no... Uh, we have a question from the control room. gossip. Okay. Uh, from Cam in the control room. He wants to know, is luck going down the same path as Manning in Indy? All the money in the quarterback needs to win with minimal talent on defense and comes up short over and over despite amazing talent. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, I also don't look at it as like they only invested money into Peyton Manning either, just to argue that point. I mean, Dwight Farini was making a whole lot of money, and so was Bob Sanders and those guys. Quarterbacks always going to get the most money. Uh, but, again, uh, the quarterbacks are what's selling tickets in football right now. That's just the way it is, unfortunate. And it's also what's telling, selling on TV as well. So they're going to see the, sh- the, the bulk of it. But, no, you can still – organize a team and pay your quarterback a lot of money, whether it's New England. I mean, we've seen the Giants and Ben Roethlisberger. They've all done I would, it. I would say But this. I do think, you know, we've had the John Elway conversation. I wonder if that's going to change. I think John Elway's drawing a line in the sand. He's like, I'm not paying my quarterback 25% of the salary cap. He's, he's saying, I just won the Super Bowl with the worst quarterback in football. And he's gonna, I really think he might start this new trend. I really do. Wow. I do. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Why do it? I mean, look at Seattle Seahawks were amazing. When? When Russell Wilson was making not a whole lot. And the rest of the team spread the wealth, the depth. New England's been great because Tom Brady's had a lot of years where 
he only made eight million or ten million on the cap. Yeah. On the cap. Did things like so that. Much. They restructured whatever yes. it was, and it allows them again there's to spend two, thirteen. There's two points that come up with me when I hear you say that. Yes. One, I think it's part of the reason why the Eagles moved up to take Carson Wentz because when you get a first round quarterback on that five year rookie wage scale, right. you can really build around a team and hopefully lock up enough guys that by the time right. he's reached his four or five year potential, right. you've locked up everybody else. I was told that that was their plan all around. That's actually gossip. I had about the Eagles a little bit is just that you know, can play you can pay Wentz Fletcher is going to sit out they have every intention of making him sit the and year I'm out fine with right that. and that was part of their plan and signing Bradford and Chase Daniel so they didn't even have to put him in this situation yeah. or flirt with it at all uh, I think the one thing I was told is they're still disappointed that they had to pay Sam Bradford as much money as they did. Yeah, whatever. They're a little it's disgruntled, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they'll be all right. Uh, so I think that's one thing is I think that's why we're seeing a lot more guys investing in these young quarterbacks is yeah. it allows you to, to pay everyone else. Uh, and then the other thing that I was thinking about is when you think about the best teams in the NFL, it's not just that they have the best quarterback. It's also they have great talent evaluators that put guys around there. Yeah. When you think of how the Pittsburgh Steelers draft, when you think of how Bill Belichick drafts, in rounds two through five. Right. When you think about how John Schneider drafts with the Seattle Seahawks, when you think about the other guys they can get, the biggest issue for the Colts has been Ryan Grigson's inability to find defensive right. players. The great teams don't chase the the number the, the tens, you know, like the, the they're not always chasing like you know the the best looking freakiest athlete. Yes. They try to find the perceived six, seven, and eights. Yes, and then they go, hey, we got him. We're going to coach it up. They challenged Ryan tens. Grigson to work with Pagano. And they say, Grigson, you need to have a, have a great offseason. And I would argue that no one's had a better offseason than it's, Ryan Grigson. It's been pretty good. You lock up Andrew Luck long term. You get your center of the future that's going to work with your quarterback out of Alabama. Right. And if you remember their other draft picks, we gave them a winner. We thought they nailed Hassan the draft. Ridgeway in the fourth round, the safety from Clemson. They had TJ another defensive Green. lineman. Uh, I know. We're missing somebody. I know those are three out of their first four picks. Yeah, but they were unbelievable they with were. those they've picks. Done, they've done a great job. Colter is one of those teams. Uh, I think well, we were going to talk about huge, like, watch out for the Colts teams. this year. Yeah, I would expect them to be not a Super Bowl contender quite yet, but Chuck Pagano getting more involved in the defense, them getting a better offensive T.Y. Line. Hilton getting his footing. Right, they've been uh, raving about Philip, Philip Dorsett. Dorsett. Right, so I think all those things together, it looks like they can be, they can be one of those teams where Andrew Luck throws for 4,900 yards and 40 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Okay, so you said this. Would you rather have a John Elway team right. where your defense is amazing and you have a question at quarterback, also the New York Jets situation, or would you rather have a team where you have the quarterback but you don't have a lot of pieces around Oof, I know. on defense? It's a very as a G, if you were a GM, what would you rather have, philosophic wise, huh. philosophy wise? Yeah, you know. The Denver defense is really special. Like, so I would rather have the Raiders situation where it's, like, all coming together at the same yeah. time. I, I think, uh, honestly, I would still rather have Andrew Luck in that. I really do. I think, you know, Denver was special. There's no doubt about that. So maybe they're a little bit of an outlier. But regardless, I mean, how many games did we watch down the stretch with Denver? I mean, it was like this. It was a coin flip. Oh, they're going to win or they're going to lose. They're yeah. going to win or they're going to lose. I mean, it was hanging on by a thread. Now you get a team that's maybe a little quarterback-centric, uh, yeah, certainly you might not be good think, all around, but think, it's a passing league. Yes. It, the rules favor True. it, and the end-of-the-game situations also favor the quarterback and the passing Do team. Do you think GMs around the league are rooting for John Elway right now Ooh. and that are super playing, paying close attention to what he does? I do think there are some teams certainly 
paying close attention to this. Yes, I do. I, it's, it's why I've kind of brought it up because I've heard other football people talk about it when I've been on conversations on the phone. They're or whatever, just paying man. attention to yeah, it. Yeah, they're just like, you know, what, you know, what is Elway doing? And, you know, maybe he is trying to start a new trend here. Like, I think the perfect situation in terms of quarterback and overall team is Arizona because you have Carson where he's past the point where he's going to be getting the huge, huge money. Right. But they've drafted so well and the roster so yes. deep where you get that nice mix. Yes. Uh, Carson is in a great situation, and Carson's also financially in a situation where he he's made a boatload of money throughout boatload. his career. So him making – 15 million or 18 million it's not really affecting his life yes. or the outcome of his family's life either either so uh next week is going to be episode 70 oh i got lots of good 70s do you yeah don't say any now episode 69 it was a good books. time it was a great time uh josh give a little uh wave to everybody Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Actually, I won't see you next week. I'll see you in two weeks. Where are you going? He's going to be in Oregon. Oh, he's going to hold the mic. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Control room. Uh, You fantastic people. Thank you for going with all our craziness today. Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. Synchronized dancing. That was really good stuff. Oh, that's Canvasser on the lights. Canvasser's in the back over there, yeah. (laughs) He's the man behind the curtain. Uh, Facebook Live, thank you so much. Actually, a little bit later today, around 2.30, I'm going to be back here with Howard Beck, and we're going to be breaking down NBA free agency because that starts, and it's going to be crazy. Durant. Where's he going to go? Uh, Sims and Lefko, loyalists, we love you so much. As always, subscribe on iTunes. Hit us up on Audio Boom. Shout out to Audio Boom. You guys are the best, and uh, we'll be back. We should have talked about that, too. Durant, Durant, don't sleep on the Spurs. I think it might be the Spurs. Let's wait and see what happens. We'll talk about it next week. If it does happen. All right. Peace out, homie. Peace out, guys. See you later.